As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hey everybody, what's up and welcome into your bite-sized edition of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast here on this Wednesday. Michael Peller, Derek Van Riper here with you to talk Week 2 Survivor. DVR, is this the easiest week of Survivor and am I courting all the danger in the world by saying that days in advance? I'm sure we're going to have a chaotic week because you said that, so I hope everyone blames you accordingly when Week 2 is an utter disaster. I think... It could be the easiest week of Survivor of all time, or you could save that great uh, Tampa Bay team for another week, because there's going to be plenty of times where you feel really good about them, and that's what we're here to break down. I guess it's a, it's going to be a question of, can you talk me out of the Packers? That's going to be the main theme of this episode. Uh, I, I'm not really going to try, because I think that they're uh, the maybe the best play, maybe the best pot odds play, but uh, we'll talk about it because there are three big favorites on the slate this week. You've got Packers-Lions. Packers are 10.5-point favorites in that game. You've got Buccaneers against the Falcons. Buccaneers are 12-point favorites in that game. And then you've got the Browns and the Texans. The Browns are 12.5-point favorites. So three huge favorites. Three people, three teams who I, we all agree, I don't really care what happened to the Packers in week one. These are still Super Bowl contenders, and certainly the Buccaneers and the Browns looked the part in week one. The Packers didn't, but we're not going to take them out of that because of one bad game against a Saints team that maybe is a little bit better than we were giving them credit for coming into the season. So you just don't get these opportunities all that often where you have three teams to choose from who all feel like they are comfortable comfortable uh, teams that are going to go through and get you through to week three. Uh, DVR, you already said that the the theme of the show is going to be trying to talk you out of the Packers. So why don't you first say why they are your favorite, not only of the three, but of the entire slate? Yeah, I mean, the the biggest thing for me is getting a little bit of leverage, I think, because they're all double digit favorites and they're all at home. You feel really good about any one of the Browns, the Bucks, or the Packers, right? There's There's no strong argument against any of the three. And I think having that little bit of leverage in case something does go very, very surprising in either the Houston situation, uh, I, I just don't think it's going to happen to the Bucks. Like the Falcons looked mm-hmm. awful in week one. You have that possibility of knocking some people out, right? Last week I said, don't be cute. It's okay. San Francisco's the favorite. Take San Francisco. And that game wasn't as close as the final score would lead you to believe. I think that was a pretty safe survivor pick for 
I don't know, 55 out of 60 minutes of that game at least. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I think with this Packer team, it's realizing how bad the Lions are, how many fluky things we talked about with Matt Schneidman yesterday when we were visiting with our beat writers, how many fluky things happened in that game? Aaron Rodgers played a bad game on a day where a lot of other things went wrong. Uh, You know, Matt LaFleur aggressively went for it on a fourth and short early in the third quarter, deep in their own territory, didn't convert. That enabled the Saints to score again with a short field. So that game just kept spiraling out of control, worse and worse and worse. I think pushing reset against a Lions team that, yes, they will bite your kneecaps, but they are just not talented defensively. They have major issues in the secondary. If Rodgers and the passing game in particular don't come back and just light up that secondary, okay, like I'll, I'll take my L and beyond with it. But I just, I don't see, I, I really don't see any of these three favorite teams losing this week, which is, I know, a dangerous thing to say on a Survivor show, but I have a lot of confidence there's going to be a pretty swift bounce back here because they do have championship expectations in Green Bay. Yeah, you know, I, I'm totally with you. I guess, like, the one pushback I would give against the Packers is, like, uh, admittedly a silly one, but, like, how nervous will you be? Because that's Monday night, right? That's Monday night. How nervous will you be? How much, what percent nervousness, what sort of pit in your stomach are you going to feel if the Buccaneers cruise, the Browns cruise on Sunday, 90% of your survivor pools through, and you're part of the 10% that's sitting there waiting around on Monday night for the Packers? But it feel terrible, especially if the Lions have like an, an opening field uh, or opening opening drive touchdown uh, against the Packers. Like that could easily happen. Like I think of all the things we saw from Green Bay on Sunday, one thing we've seen many many times before is a bad defense, a defense that Aaron Rodgers and the offense have to go out and outscore. They have to go score twenty seven plus every week because the defense leaks yardage and points and doesn't do enough to force turnovers. I think that could be a legitimately problematic defense all season long. Fortunately, I think the Lions are at their best, more of an average sort of offense when everyone's healthy and everything's working. And I think even that's probably a stretch. So I think this is a get well game for the Packers on both sides of the ball. So yes, extra nerves because the Bucs will almost certainly have won that game. I'll be sitting there on Monday night and then if the Lions take an early lead, I'm going to be sweating it even more. Yeah, you know, it's just something to have fun with because I think these are all three and uh, great picks, and I don't think there's any reason to get cute this week. Take one of these three teams: take the Packers, take the Bucks, or take the Browns. For my pick of record on this show, I'll give us the Buccaneers just to diversify the show a little bit. Um, the Buccaneers, I think, are gonna are gonna cruise in this one. Uh, comfortable favorites as they should be, and I think there's reason to worry a little bit about the Falcons um, just because of how bad they looked and how bad that offense looked, really how disjointed that offense looked. That's what bothered me because you know, Kyle Pitts got his opportunities. Calvin Ridley got his opportunities. Mike Davis, 15 carries, six targets. Uh, this is the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. From a fantasy point of view, I'm not really worried about any of those guys long term. But to put up six points, the only team that didn't score a touchdown in week one, it just felt like a really disjointed offense. And yeah, you know, I trust Arthur Smith and that offense has enough talent to eventually get right. But it's not going to get right in such a way right away in week two. That leads to what would be a a massive upset of the Buccaneers. This one really speaks for itself. Uh, The Buccaneers are going to be um, not only big favorites in this game, but big favorites down the line in many games. And I think that's another argument for the Packers, right? Just you probably feel like there's going to be more usable spots for the Buccaneers and the Browns than there are for the Packers. The rest of the season, the Packers have a very tough schedule. Uh, The entire NFC North has a very tough schedule with their crossover games. And so the Packers are going to have to deal with that. And maybe you think after week one, they're the least 
of these three teams. There's going to be more times to use the Packers also. It's not like it's week two or bust for them, but it just feels like there's more opportunities to use the Packers down the line. And so maybe that also leads you to taking Green Bay, but really no reason to get cute uh, with anyone else. These three teams, the big favorites on the board. And right now, according to Yahoo, these three teams make up 70% of the picks that have been put in in Yahoo Survivor pools with the Buccaneers leading the way at 33.3%. I assume that's a, a, another big part of the reason why you're taking the Packers. Just think there's more spots for the Bucks and the Browns down the line. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the upcoming schedule for the Packers on the road in San Francisco in week three, not going there. Mm-hmm. Uh, home against the Steelers in week four. Nope. Defense is good enough. You're not messing with the Steelers in that matchup and taking the Packers there. Week five on the road in Cincinnati. Yeah, maybe you'll get some leverage then, but it's still a road game. You're trying to pick teams at home, especially this early in the season because you've got so many teams to choose from. And you got a division matchup against the Bears in week six where, sure, the Packers are probably going to be favored in that game, but it's on the road and it's a divisional matchup. So you're, you're not going to feel great about that either. By then. Right. It'll be a totally Finally, different Bears team. He, he will have learned all the things he doesn't already know about <laughs> playing quarterback in the NFL by then. So yeah, they'll be playing Justin Fields then. So yeah, the, the, the next few weeks just don't look good for the Packers. And if you think that defense is going to be a problem all season long then anybody can beat them and I think the appeal of this team is going to significantly wane as we move further along into the season so yeah that's a big part of the calculus for me too Justin Fields needing to learn more to supplant Andy Dalton uh, is giving this Chicago sports fan big flashbacks to Chris Bryant not being ready to overtake Mike Olt at third base way back in Mm. 2015 until oh April 17th. All right. Chris has learned enough defense down at the AAA level. Let's get him up and move Michael out of the lineup. Uh, Some teams you're avoiding, DVR. Again, we're really avoiding everyone who's not named Packers, Buccaneers, or Browns. But let's just say we have viewers, listeners out there who want to save all three, want to go in a different direction. Who would you steer them away from? Yeah, I think the the Broncos are a team. They're actually a pretty big favorite. They're on the road against Jacksonville. I think it's tempting to say, hey, I'm going to get away from all three of these teams, get a ton of leverage. How bad are the Jags, really? And how good are the Broncos? Because I think Mm -hmm. part of the issue here is like no one expected Houston to beat Jacksonville in week one. That was a shocker for uh, two potential like really bad teams. Mm -hmm. But even like Denver beating the Giants, does that mean Denver's good? Not necessarily. The defense is good. So I I just look at that as a possible trap game where you could say pot odds make sense. I think that's a good play later in the year to think like that. It's just a little too early to go away from one of those core three teams. Steelers coming off that big win in Buffalo. I don't think they're on upset alert necessarily, but I think you're going to be surprised at how how the Raiders look against uh, another quality defense, right? I mean, I think the Ravens are a team that we're dealing with a ton of injuries going into the season. I, I had low expectations for the Raiders uh, every year. like I have, I have like an 8-8 eight and eight expectation for this team year <laughs> in and year out. But I think the Steelers are one of those teams that they've got a little more downside in them, kind of like the Packers. Like We're used to them being really good, and they're merely just a good team. They're going to have some slip-ups, and this looks like a, can, a trouble spot for Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know, uh, again, we're, we're picking one of the three teams, and I, I think that these are good avoids. I'd be more uh, worried about the Broncos than the Steelers. I think that one thing that works in the Steelers' favor in this game, Raiders had to play overtime on Monday night, right? And mm-hmm. then they turn around and play a noon game uh, against the Steelers. A noon, uh, Central time zone showing through. A 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff game against the Steelers. So that could get a little tricky for them, that quick turnaround. But again, the important message. Packers, Buccaneers, Browns, those are the teams you really want to focus on. For teams that I I would be avoiding if I was going to go away from them, Patriots and Seahawks are the two that I throw out. Patriots are road favorites. 
by nearly a touchdown, five and a half last I saw against a Jets team that you know, hung around with the Panthers on the road. The Patriots, you know, didn't look great. And we always trust Bill Belichick to go out and handle uh, rookie quarterbacks, but he's got a rookie quarterback of his own. And so this is a game that I just, you know, I want to see a little bit more out of the Patriots before I'm trusting them as five and a half point or six point favorites on the road against a team in the Jets that at the very least doesn't look like the doormat that we've come to expect them to be over the last couple of seasons. Seahawks, five and a half point favorites at home against the Titans. This is a tale of two uh, teams from the week one. Seahawks look great, looked at the part of a Super Bowl contender in their comfortable win over the Colts. The Titans, meanwhile, just got trounced by the Cardinals and really couldn't get anything going offensively. But the Titans still have a lot of talent on offense, and that was a game that Chandler Jones totally blew up single-handedly with his five sacks. I would expect a bounce-back performance from the Tennessee offense against the Seattle defense that maybe has a little bit of trouble dealing with a team with a little bit more firepower and certainly more tempo than Indy is ever going to be able to play with. That was a comfortable game for Seattle's defense, and even though Tennessee laid that egg in Week 1, it's not going to be quite as comfortable a matchup for the Seahawks' defense against the Titans. So if I were inclined, which I am not, to go away from Packers, Bucks, and Browns, Patriots and Seahawks, excuse me, teams that I definitely would not be taking to go away from all three of those big favorites. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, DVR, let's uh, let's get a little bit crazy how we like to end the show here every Wednesday. Uh, again, this is going to come into play when we get a little bit farther down the line in Survivor, when there aren't as many pieces that we can all move around. We all have 31 teams available to us in our Survivor pools. So this is going to be something when we're in week eight, week nine, week 10, and we don't all have these favorites that we can just lean on and when the schedule is a little bit tougher than it seems to be in week two. But we still want to give you a team that you can go to if you don't want to take one of those big favorites. Uh, DVR, I've just got a bunch of question marks here for you because you weren't really feeling the uh, getting crazy earlier today. I know you've got a team, but uh, who is it? Who are you backing here? It would be the Saints if I had to do something just completely off the walls. I mean, I think for all the talk about how the Packers played in week one, the Saints had a good game plan and they executed yeah. it. And they have a quarterback who's actually a quarterback now with Jameis Winston under center instead of Taysom Hill. We're still going to see Taysom Hill because, hey, it's Sean Payton. And of course, that's <laughs> how it works. But mm -hmm. I think this is a team that has a better defense that it gets credit for, an offense that can score with just about anybody and I actually thought Jameis just looked good. And it wasn't it wasn't just the Packers defense was bad. It was that the Saints also played well and the Packers defense was bad. So I look at the Panthers as a team that struggled a little bit to put the Jets away. I don't really look at them as a team that I worry about having to go into Carolina and get a W. Uh, I know we try to stay away from the divisional matchups when we can, but that Saints team is probably better than people realize. And I think too much of the narrative has been placed on how the Packers failed rather than how the Saints just played a great game in week one. Yeah, really strong defense. That's been the case for that Saints team for the last couple of years, and they brought that to bear against the Packers in week one. My get crazy play, it's tomorrow. I love the Washington football team against the Giants. Uh, I can't figure out that line, three and a half. That seems strange to me, and this actually opened at four and a half and has come down a point. Obviously, that owes to Taylor Heineke taking over at quarterback for the injured Ryan Fitzpatrick, but 
I'm not sure how much of a drop there is from Fitzpatrick to Heineke. There's a drop. I'm not sure how big it is. And I definitely don't think it's going to matter against a team like the Giants that I think is really going to struggle to keep that strong front seven, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, and company off of Daniel Jones. The line looked bad against Denver in week one. Daniel Jones didn't look great. Saquon Barkley still not quite 100%. And I find it hard to believe that they would ease him in the way they did in week one. And then four days later, short week when they have to travel, suddenly he's all systems go in week two. So I think you're without your best player at 100% for the Giants offense as well. Just all adds up to a game in which even with Taylor Heineke playing in place of Ryan Fitzpatrick, Washington gets the W and helps you survive again. But we cannot stress this enough. We can't. We really can't. (laughs) We're going to talk about all these things. We're going to talk about landmines to avoid. We're going to talk about getting crazy. But you have the Packers, 10.5-point favorites against the Lions. You have the Buccaneers, 12-point favorites against the Falcons. You have the Browns, 12.5-point favorites against the Texans. Three legitimate Super Bowl contenders against three teams that could be three of the bottom five teams in the NFL. You do not get this opportunity very often. Take the back Packers, take the Bucks, take the Browns, take one of those three teams. Anything you else? Anything else you want to put into this DVR? No, this is not the week to go and and go down to the the last options that we threw out there. I do think the the footballs are going to be pretty interesting in that matchup though, because I don't think there is a downgrade from Fitzpatrick to Heineke at this point. I think that it could be maybe even a slight upgrade. Yeah, maybe a little bit of a preview to tomorrow's episode of Best on the Board and where I might be going in that game as well. That's going to do it, though, for this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. We're still running our promotion. Get a 50% off subscription to The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash pod to get that. For Derek Van Riper, I am Michael Beller. Fantasy Football Podcast returns on Thursday with me, Jake Seeley, and Brandon Funston, helping you get those week two lineups right as we take a look at rankings. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you soon.